0: Genesis chapter 1. I want to kind of uh, piggyback off of Wednesday night when I talked about the power of our words. And as you're getting there, I want to uh, announce that today, it, today this has been a busy weekend. We have, um, it's our big fundraiser for our youth camp. We have 20 teenagers going to youth camp in July. And uh, so since Thursday night, the work's been going. But Friday night and Saturday night was the Jazz Fest, and it's also going on t- today. Uh, just over by the Civic Center. And it's an annual event that's a humongous uh, opportunity with, I I think they say something, 20-something thousand people come through uh, to hear the music. And so I think this is our fourth year, is that correct? Does that sound right? Fourth year to be there. And uh, it's always a blessing. It gets better every year. We get more organized every year. And uh, it's going really well. And God has been really good to us on the weather. It was supposed to pour yesterday like it was 90% chance. It never... Never rained except for a little drizzle just for like two minutes, and uh, and then a cold front came through, which I was happy about. <laughs> God did that for me. So I was out there in shorts and a shirt, and everybody else was freezing, and I was happy. But I am going to admit, right at the end, I got a little cold, so <laughs> because I didn't have a jacket. But it was it was nice, and so it's going well. So we got teenagers working out today. So we're going to do something a little different tonight. I don't want to cancel service because we have people that come on on Sunday nights that don't make it Sunday mornings. So we are going to have service. We're going to have a prayer meeting at six, and then I want to challenge. This is I want to I can't make you do anything, but I want to challenge you to not just take the night off, but participate with us. Come here at six and pray with us, and then we're going to go over to the Jazz Fest as a church. Uh, for those that won't, won't already be there, and outreach and help and pass out flyers. There's, there's thousands and thousands of people there that we can show as a church. So our, our booth is exciting because uh, everybody's there working, and uh, we started a thing that when someone orders a pulled pork sandwich, we whistle, and everybody looks over and does that, and so everybody hears us, and they just see the life that's going on in our booth. And it says, Victory World Outreach. We have a beautiful sign, and everything's going really well. So it's an opportunity to not only raise funds for the youth, but to tell people about Jesus. Amen. So just uh, let's be back here at 6 tonight for that. Um, you can just come ready to wear something for the outreach, and, and we'll go over and do that. Genesis chapter 1. Let's read here this morning. I think I believe this is going to bless you uh, profoundly this morning, if you'll just pay attention to what God wants to say. If you're taking notes, I want you to, to write down the God said over your life, the God said over your life, amen? So we talked about the power of our words Wednesday night, and this morning I want to talk about the power of the word over our lives. Wednesday was the words we speak and how that can be dangerous and and, and how it can be powerful, uh, how we can speak life or death over our lives. But this morning I want to talk about how God's word speaks over us. And so we look in the book of Genesis, and we're going to start in verse 6. This is in the very beginning, and I'm not going to read the whole verses, but I want you to see as in verse 6 is a very famous uh, verse. It says, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And then go down to verse 9. It says, Then God said. Then look down to verse 11. It says again, Then God said, I'm starting to see something going on here, amen, and you look at 14, then God said, and then you see down in verse 20, again, then God said, verse 24, then God said, 26, a very important one, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then verse 28, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply the earth. Then verse 29, he says it one more time, and God said. And and this verse is interesting. He says, I see I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for speaking to us, all of us in different places in our lives here, needing different things, wanting different things, seeking the purpose of our lives in your word this morning. Just anoint this word and and, and touch it this morning and bring forth a, 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 a fruit from it that will transform our lives this morning. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. I, I want to just throw something out a little funny there. In verse 29, it talks about the, every every seed or herb that's yielded be used for food. Uh, a lot of people, you know, today there's a humongous discrepancy right now about people smoking marijuana. And uh, they've made it legal, obviously, in, in, in several states, and uh, they would like to probably make it legal everywhere. And so we know how people twist Scripture, right? Well, this is one of the verses they use. They say, man, it says in the Bible that God gave us every herb that yields. And they'll use that to say that God gave us those herbs. And so you think about that, and I could just see God saying, they say, you gave us that herb for us to smoke. And I could just see God saying, well, I made poison ivy too, so here's some to roll around in. Amen. We We're very good at manipulating the word of God. Amen. But what I want you to see here in the God said is that God, this is so powerful because I don't and you don't and we don't many times understand the power of his word. That when you stop to think about this, you have a Bible in your hand this morning. When you got saved, you got saved because Jesus spoke to your life. You got saved because the word of God came into your life. And I want you to go over to John chapter one real quick. And you got saved because the Word of God, the Bible says, is sharper than any two-edged sword. And and the Bible says it pierces and and it divides the bone and marrow, which is your physical body, and the soul and the spirit. And so the Word of God pierces into your life and shows you, I need a Savior. Romans says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to see something very awesome in John chapter 1, and that should be an easy one to find too. We've got, we've started off real simple this morning. Genesis and John, first, one of the first books in the New Testament. John chapter 1, let me know you're there. Look at these powerful words. Understand the plan of God this morning, John chapter 1. In the beginning, so we go from Genesis in the beginning to John in the beginning, was the Word. And look how it says capital W. So we know we're talking here about Jesus, but Jesus is the Word, and and, and this is another, again, confirmation that we know this morning that we have a God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, amen? And we we serve a triune, triune God, a God of Trinity, a God of three persons in one, one in three, and it says all the way back in the beginning was the Word. Now what was the Word? The Word was spoken. And when that Word was spoken, Something happened. And so it says, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, say all things, were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. And in him, capital H, praise God, was life. And the life was the light of men. And I love this verse, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Amen. I love that because that says that the comprehension means darkness could not handle it. When, the, when it's really dark and the light comes on, it's hard for your eyes to focus. Darkness did not like when the light came on, amen? And darkness today does not like when the light, you and me, walk into a place of darkness, amen? We are the light, and we shine light, and we, we walk in the light. And light, listen, will always overcome darkness, always, always in any circumstance. There's no darkness that can keep light out, Amen. And we are the light this morning. Amen. That's a whole nother message. I want to talk this morning about God's spoken word over our lives, getting us, giving us an understanding that we are the, the spoken word of God, that you're not an accident, but you are what God said you are. And we need to line up our lives this morning with what God said we are. Amen. We need to believe not what people say. This goes back to Wednesday night, not what people say about us, but we need to believe what God says about us. Praise God. Amen. How many know he has the final authority? And this kind of went back to Wednesday night too many times. We listen to the wrong voices. We listen to what people say about us. And, and we don't listen to what God says about us. And there's a God said over our life that is so powerful that we can't really even comprehend it. We're kind of like darkness. We can't grasp it. We can't understand that God would actually speak to our lives, that he would actually speak over our lives, and that we are the creation of his word this morning. Amen? So I want to give you some verses this morning, and I want you to understand a word, command, if you'll write that down in your notes. The word command. Chris, when you get a chance, can you turn off the monitors? They're um, buzzing in my ear. Uh, Leviticus 25, 21, just write it down for time, says... Oh, that's much better. It says God will command his blessings over us. Amen? God will command his blessings over us. How many want God to command his blessings over your life this morning? Come on, let me ask you that question again. How many want God to command his blessings over your life? That's a powerful verse. God, it says God will command his blessings over our lives. Now, we listen to that, and it sounds awesome. We we are people who love promises. But we have to understand that God is a God of promises, and he, he's a God that wants to fulfill his word, but we're a part of that process. Amen? So I want us to focus this morning for a moment on Deuteronomy, chapter 28, if you'd go there with me. This is an awesome, powerful chapter uh, talking about back in the Exodus what God's plan was for his people. And he talks there about how he wants to show uh, the fact that he is a God that wants to bless. God is a, like that song that was written recently, God is a good, good father, amen? And he wants to bless you. You need to understand that as a child of God. God is not, as although we know that God is a God of wrath, eventually he is a God of judgment, He is also, first and foremost, a God of love, especially to those who accept Him and believe in Him and love Him. Amen? And His plan for you and I that are believers is not to hurt us, but to bless us. Amen? He He wants to show us this morning His great love. I, 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 he wants to reveal to us his power. He wants to reveal to us his, his divine purpose for our lives. But that comes from right here. Whenever somebody says, I don't know what God wants to do in my life this morning. I don't know what, what's going. I don't feel like I have a purpose. You haven't been reading the Bible enough. You need to get into the Word of God, and in a second, I'm going to show you something and tell you something, that. and I'm not going to wait too long, because I want you not to miss out on the rest of this, because some of y'all look like you didn't get much sleep last night, and neither did I, but I'm showing it better. Amen. Praise God. I don't know what this little weather did something to y'all. Y'all look like you just came from a party last night. Amen. But I won't read your faces too much. But when you're not hearing purpose or feeling purpose, it's because there's something going on in your life where the devil is trying to steal and rob the word from you. And the power of the word is awesome. The God said over, I know it's a little pixely, but I couldn't get a better picture, but at least it says it there. God said. Next time you begin to doubt about your life, you need to, you need to say, what's the God said over my life? Okay? Not what is, the, what is the voice in my ear saying from the enemy, but what is God saying over my life. Too many times, church, we are looking for a word from somebody. We're looking for somebody to tell us something. We're looking for somebody to speak to us and say, hey, the, by, or the God says, or this is what you need to hear. We need to look for the God said from his written word. Word, amen? The Word is already written for a reason. Whenever you say, I don't hear God's voice enough, it's because you're not reading the Bible enough. His voice is right here. I showed you that in Genesis with all the God says. I showed you that in John 1 where it said he is the Word this morning, amen? Now I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. I mean amen when you're there. Just a few verses here. Now when God says it shall come to pass, guess what? it will come to pass. It shall come to pass, verse 1 says, if, and underline that, if you diligently do the things that you feel like you should do according to what you feel in the morning when you wake up. If you, what? Obey. 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 I know that's a cuss word for some people. Amen. Obey. God wants us to obey the what? Voice of the Lord. Here we're talking about the God said. So let me read that again. Now it shall come to pass. This little little 12 or 13 words right here, you go a long way with this right here. Now it shall come to pass that if you diligently obey. See, you know what diligently means? it means consistently that so some people are good at obeying sometimes but people some people are not good at obeying all the time and as a human you could you could fit in there that you're going to miss sometimes but you should be more times obeying than not we should be more times listening than not we those should be far and few in between but it's an attitude. Obedience is an attitude. And we have to understand the voice of the Lord is what we're trying to obey. And that is right here. Okay? Now, let me go ahead and say this real quick because I don't want to put it off any longer because I need you to get this for you to re- get the rest. You've heard me talk a lot lately in the last couple years, and this was a revelation for me, about uh, the, the manuscripts from the, from the Bible. Um, and and, and we just know, we know that this movie just came out, The Case for Christ, and we know that there's, and and you've heard me talk about Simon Greenleaf from the the co-founder of Harvard, Uh, and and like I said, for for many years, I used to think, people would ask me, matter of fact, let me tell you what people would ask me. People would ask me, why do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? And, And I had a good answer, but I didn't know this answer, and it got even better. But my answer then was, and still is part of the answer, because, first of all, because I have faith that it is, First and foremost, that's what was my biggest answer, and that's true. But then I said because of all, to me, my answer was always because of all the prophecies. I would say I, there's no way that this word of God cannot be God because there's no way you and I could tell somebody what's going to happen next week with any kind of clarity. You know, you can say, well, I'm going to go to work next week or I'm going to wake up next week. Those are general things that, that might happen, but they're not even a promise, But for me and you to predict something even a week in advance that, you know, that's very specific would be very impossible. And here we have a Bible that has 11,000 prophecies that have been fulfilled. So for the longest time, that was my answer, and it's a good answer. And I say there's just no way that these things could be coincidences and how we're coming off of Easter talking about all the hundred prophecies that Jesus fulfilled just on the cross. And, and how, you know, you write these things down a thousand years before they happen. And, and for example, if I just said tonight we're all going to meet at the Arts and Jazz Festival, and I tell you where, and I tell you it's by this, and it's by that, and I tell you the specific place, and we all make plans, and, and I include every single one of you in here, the crazy thing is, is involved in that. I don't know how many people are here, but if I said all of us are going to meet tonight, and, and we have to be there because something very important is going to happen, and I'm predicting we're all going to get there. How many know there's a whole lot of circumstances that can come in to keep that from happening? And, and, and we could talk about a car not starting. We could talk about uh, people getting sick. We could talk about something, uh, an accident, God forbid. We could talk about all kinds of things, weather, all kinds of things, without even involving human will which about 5 o'clock could say, you know what? I already went to church this morning, and I don't need to go back again tonight, and I was planning on it. But see how human will can get involved? You know why I'm saying all that? Because Jesus, through his word, predicted things thousands of years before they happened, knowing that human will was involved, knowing that people were involved, knowing that dates were involved, and guess what? They all came to pass. That's the God said that's amazing. Supernatural, amen? Not an accident. But that used to be my answer, and that's still a good answer. But as I began to really study and read out the history now, I started to get a real understanding of, of uh, uh, talking about manuscripts. Let me see your hand, if, and this is not to make you feel dumb or smart, if you know what a manuscript is. Let me see your hand. Okay? So lots that don't, and that's fine a manuscript is simply something that was written and it was written by hand and obviously for us this is something that uh, is, is, is less, was less obvious 100 years ago, 200 years ago, not written in, in a typewriter, not written on a computer, written by hand and that is an original document that was written by hand and never has never been copied or duplicated. That's what a manuscript is of anything. And so we start looking at our history of our world. And this can go to creation, this can go to uh, the wars that have happened, this can go to writings, which we know we live in a world that's very big on writings. Okay, we have all these writers. That are very famous and if you've gone to school, especially college, you hear about these names and, and they're, they're revered and oh, their writings and they're historic and they're powerful and you hear these different things and when you hear that, you have to understand the reason that they're revered is because they found manuscripts from these people and they were copied by hand uh, or written, again, by hand, not not copied or originated, and they would find the, the, the let's say, someone wrote a poem, and then that same exact wording was written by someone else's hand, and it was verified that it was a verifiable copy. That's another thing that makes a manuscript, is the second manuscript has to, has to be exactly like the first one for it to be considered one. And then the third has to be exactly like the second and so on and so forth for it to continue to be considered an original manuscript, or an original document. So just to put into perspective your Bible that you have in your hand, how real and amazing this is, and I'm going to throw this out to you. I was looking at this this week, and this is something that I use and want to use more when I get in a conversation with somebody about, uh, about the Word of God and, and to get them to understand and believe how real it is. Because people can't believe it's a God said over their life if they don't believe this is God's word. That's very important. So here's the crazy thing. There's a whole bunch of, a list of names. Um, Josephus, for one, is a a famous writing um, that's very, very known. Um, Plato is another one. Caesar. There's different writings. i just throwing out some names that are historically read and talked about in college, and they're considered verifiable documents, and they're very important. And, and, and people say, these are, these are history. And again, the reason they're history is because of the manuscripts. How many are following me so far? Okay. So when we begin to talk about this, you know that I've used the word Iliad Homer before, which is the most verified document of writing. From our history, of all of all books, meaning it has the most original manuscripts, and I was actually studying this out this week. And before there was a number around 600 original manuscripts, and I found someone who said as they began to continue to study that they actually found more of the Iliad, Homer, and there's now they say in possession now 1,800, 1,800. Uh, Manu, original manuscripts of this writing, which is basically a writing about the Trojans, it's basically a writing about war, and it's, it's poetry. Come here with me. 1,800. So of all books ever written in the history of our world, that book is the most verifiable. Okay? Y'all here? I'm, I know this is kind of like a school lesson, and maybe I chose the wrong day for this, amen? But, but it's all right. Slap the person next to no, you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can nudge them, though, amen, especially those that are sleeping. I know I'm boring, but amen, I know. Some are sleeping, though. Some are sleeping. The, I, unless you're really in the spirit. Amen. Maybe you're really in the spirit. Amen. So 1,800 verifiable manuscripts of Homer, Iliad Homer. Guess how many New Testament manuscripts there are. New Testament, not old, just new. Over 5,000. Over 5,000. That's three times more manuscripts handwritten than any book in the history of the world. The God said. Well, see, we're not here like some people think we are. We're not here just some dumb sheep, foolish people. If you really begin to think about it, if you really want to be honest People who don't believe in the Bible are the foolish ones. Because here we have, and here's the interesting thing that I started to think about. Here's what's interesting. You can say this has, you can historically say this has 5,000, more than 5,000 original manuscripts written on it, which is three times more than the most original. And and what people might say is, here's the thing. Well, I don't believe that those are original, and I don't, they can say that. The problem with that is, is if you don't believe those are original, you can't believe Iliad Homer is then. That means you have to wipe out history in, in, in totality. Do you understand that? You cannot, you can't believe in one and not believe in the other. You, so if you say these manuscripts aren't real, but these are, you can't do that. Historically, you cannot do that. And so they have to accept the New Testament. They have to accept the manuscripts just as we have to accept history. Okay? Now, here's another interesting thing. This is, I haven't got to the best part yet. Here's another interesting thing about this. Not only is it three times more than the most verifiable book, most books usually have a span, and, and you, can, you can search this letter for yourself, of when, when they were written, with, within the time frame of when it, the story happened to when the original man, first manuscript was copied, is usually about 800 years. That's a lot of time. Guess how long it took for the original manuscripts of the New Testament to be written, less than 70. All the New Testament manuscripts were written less than 70 years from when they happened. That means, for you to understand, that we just celebrated Easter and Jesus rose from the dead, and when he rose from the dead, and that, that's, that happened, that date happened, less than 70 years later, the, the first manuscript of the New Testament was written. Now, we know some were written within 30 years. But the latest one was less than 70. And guess how we know that? How many remember when Jesus Christ said himself that this temple, will, one stone will not be left upon another, and this temple will be destroyed? And they thought he was talking about the physical. He was talking about himself, but he was also talking about the physical temple at the same time. He, and, and we know that in 70 A.D., the temple was destroyed. That's a historical fact. Here's what's awesome. If they had not written the manuscripts before 70 A.D., somebody would have mentioned that the temple had been destroyed. And there's not a mention of it in the Bible. Matter of fact, all the mentions of the, Testament, of the temple are still there. Come on, somebody. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Do you realize that when Peter and John went into the temple to pray in the ninth hour in the book of Acts, the temple was still there, and that original manuscript has five over five thousand original copies. Now that's not even the best part yet. Then you add in all the translations that have happened, meaning translations of language. And now this is another thing. Now, this is another thing to, to, to write down. Historically, ninety nine point. Remember, I talked about the Lysol, ninety nine point nine percent. 99.5% of all translations from the, Old, from the New Testament, 99.5, have been verified to be accurate. 99.5. That means 400 words out of over 40,000 words have just the slightest little bit inaccuracy. But the inaccuracy that they talk about has nothing to do with doctrine. I'll give you an example. When they say it's an inaccuracy, it means someone put Jesus Christ and someone put Christ Jesus. Someone put above and another one put over. There's only 400 words that are even even said to not be absolutely accurate, making that .5%, but they're not doctrinal words. It's not where someone said Jesus and they said Muhammad or they said dead or they said alive. Amen. It's not that. It's over above. It's Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. <clears throat> That's still not the best. Add all those translations in that have been verified to be true, and there's, that makes 25,000 original manuscripts compared to 1,800 of Lilliad Homer. Now you take, watch this. I want to give you a visual. Gave you a visual Wednesday night. You take the manuscripts. This is what's really going to blow you away. Of the Old Testament, there are forty-two thousand manuscripts from the Old Testament, which adding that together with the New Testament makes sixty-six thousand manuscripts. Which I'm, as I'm saying that just blows me away because there's sixty-six books in the Bible. That's pretty pretty awesome. So sixty-six thousand translations of the Bible, original and unaltered. If you take Josephus, which is one of the one of the higher ones that you mentioned, and the reason I'm not going to say Iliad Homer is because it's 1800, <clears throat> the rest of the translations are around 200 or less original manuscripts. So you take all the other historical books together and put an average. If I stacked those together on on one on another the manuscripts. Average historical books in the history of the world would reach, as I'm six feet tall, about four feet high. Adding all of them together, that's how much evidence they would have, four feet high of evidence. Okay? The Empire State Building, 1,700, 1700 feet tall, if you've ever been there. So just picture 1,700 feet tall compared to four. That's not even how high you would stack all the manuscripts of the Old and New Testament together. Not even the Empire State Building. Not even the Empire State Building. If you stack them all together, not even the tallest building in the world, which is in Dubai, which is 2,700 feet tall, which is a half a mile. You still would not reach the top of all the manuscripts stacked together from the God said of the Bible. If you add them all together, it would be two and a half miles, thirteen thousand feet, <clears throat> which is five Dubai buildings tapped stacked on each other. It's a it's a height we can't even fathom unless you're a pilot <clears throat> or you've been into the skies. That's how much evidence you're holding in your hands. Do you think God makes mistakes? God knows what he's doing, church. And so when somebody asks you, why do you believe that this is the Bible? Why do you believe that this is God's only word? Why do you believe that this is God's written word? You say, well, history itself tells us it's God's word. And the accuracy behind that, it it blows me away because if I asked you all this morning, if I wrote a paragraph on paper, Listen to this carefully. If I wrote a paragraph on paper about something and I began to pass it around just this sanctuary this morning and asked all of you to copy it down, we might have an error in this place with one word. Just copying because of the way we write or because we're not paying attention or because whatever. It's kind of like the telephone thing. You ever done that? You ever sat in the room with 20 people and started a story? that talks about a man and his wife, and then by the time it gets done, it's a donkey and a horse? I mean, it totally changes by the time it's done because everybody starts to hear something different. It's a miracle. You're holding a miracle in your hand, and it's a God said this morning over your life. This this is God's written word. So now, hopefully, that gives you a little more faith to continue to read. Now, it shall come to pass, verse 1, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully, what? All his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord God will set you high above the nations of all the earth. Now, let me just, before I read a few more verses, let me tell you something really awesome. When I hear that, all the commandments of the Lord, I'm thankful that I don't live in the Old Testament. That's the first thing I say. Okay, thank you, God, because Jesus said, Ten commandments, all the law and the commandments are summed up in these two. That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that makes it a little bit easier. Easier to understand at least. Not easier to do, but two out of ten is is easier than ten. Amen. He says, love me with all your heart, and if you do, you'll obey my commands, and you'll love your neighbor, and you'll be fulfilling the law. Now, watch what he says. And if you do that, all, verse 2, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. I might, get, I might get some dead people to shout this morning reading these. Amen. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. Blessed you shall be in the city and blessed you shall be in the country. Blessed you shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flesh. Flat- Flocks. I know we don't have a lot of cows today, but all the work you do, all the things you do, the things you go to, the things that have to do with income and money and, and work, it says it'll be blessed. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. You can put that as, the, as your table and food and your refrigerator. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed you shall be when you go out. Now, here's even maybe better than all of them. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Praise God. Amen. That's what the word of God says over you and my life this morning. Enemies come and rise. They will flee in seven directions. Everywhere I go is blessed. My coming in is blessed. My going out is blessed. My workplace is blessed. God wants to bless. And I go back to this and I think, man, did he really mean and all? And then I go, yeah, that's all the manuscripts stayed the same, and all. Here we are thousands of years later, thousands, reading this verse, and God still wants to bless his people. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The same God, that's why Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because he does not change, amen? We change, cultures change, people change, but God does not change this morning, church. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, amen? We're reading a word that seems antiquated because it's 4,000 years old, but it's not because it's the same today as it was then because God is alive. His word is alive. That's why the Bible says this word is living that's why we talked about in Discipleship Friday morning, that you can read a verse today, and it can—it doesn't mean the verse changed. It means it can speak to you in a way totally different than it did last year or five years or 25 years ago because it's alive, amen. It's not dead. It's not just good for them. It's not just good for us. It's good for all of humanity, amen. It's good for those who believe and those who don't believe. And those who stand before God at the end of the age will have zero excuse because by creation alone, they're without excuse. So we have the word of God this morning. Amen. Now let's close here in Isaiah 55. I want to read this this morning, one of my favorite verses, because this morning God said something over your life, and it's going to be fulfilled. Whatever he spoke over you, he's going to fulfill it in Jesus' name. And I believe that for my life, and I believe that for your life. And let's look at what Isaiah 55 says. Give me an amen when you're there. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. You know what that means? That means don't try to do it your way. God is basically saying, listen. If you want to be miserable, do it your way. If you want to be happy, do it my way. And, and my way is not your way. So when you say, am I in the will of God? Your answer is, am I doing what I want to do? Or am I doing what God wants me to do? Because if you're doing what you want to do, it's probably not God's way. Because he says, my ways are not your ways. Have you ever sat there and thought, man, I don't understand what God's doing? How ever said that? Good statement. If you don't understand what God's doing, that means he's doing something. Come on. That means he's doing something because his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. But he says, here's the promise. Now, if you believe that this thing stacked on top of each other is 13,000 feet high, manuscripts original, word of God, word for word, word for word, can't lie. If you believe that, you've got to believe this. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, underline that, so shall my word be That goes forth from my what? Mouth. The God said, it shall not return to me void. But it will accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Listen, I'm telling you, make that one of your favorite verses. Make that one of those things you go back and read often. Whenever you feel like God's not moving, whenever you feel like God's not answering, whenever you feel like things aren't working the way that you think they should work, go read that verse and say, God, I accept that. I accept that my ways are not your ways. I accept that you think differently than I do. I accept that that just as the rain comes down from heaven, it'll produce what it's supposed to produce. The seed in the ground will produce. You know, people are talking about global warming, church. God is in control of this world. It doesn't matter if it's too hot or too cold. His word is going to be fulfilled no matter what. It's never going to stop having trees and plants and water and rain until he says he's not going to have it anymore. It has nothing to do with us. God is bigger than all those things. And he says, as the heavens drop the rain and snow, my word and my plan will be fulfilled in your life. Amen. As the musicians begin to come, I want to read one more verse, and, and, and I'm going to give somebody an opportunity to tell everybody, what's my fa- what are my favorite verses? What, what am I thinking? Has anybody got it? What would you say, Mama? Huh? Jeremiah. Does anybody know the chapter? Does anybody know the verse? Amen. Jeremiah, would you go there? Jeremiah 29, because I know some in here haven't heard this. I just read you two of my favorite verses, Isaiah 55, Jeremiah 29. Because we serve this morning, church, a God that is not a religious God, meaning we don't reach him by our ABCs. We reach him through relationship 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 that's what god wants he wants relationship so when i read this verse it's so exciting to me it's it's a verse i go to often again let me let me hammer this home stop going to people and things and hobbies and situations, and whatever else I can throw out there <coughs> for an answer or for a touch or for a encouragement. Go to God's word. Go to God's word. Too, we're too good, and, and I'm guilty of it too, we're too good at running <coughs> to everybody else. Yeah, I need a, can you pray for me? Nothing wrong with that. Hey, can you give me a word? Nothing wrong with that. Hey, can you encourage me? Nothing wrong with that unless you never encourage yourself unless you never seek the word of God to encourage you those things that I just said should be done after you go to the word most of the time you won't even need to go ask someone for prayer because God's word is going to speak do you believe this word's alive and let it speak to your situation One of the things I've always believed and known, and this was a revelation for me, was that my circumstances cannot change God's word. There's nothing that can happen in my life that changes his word. It's it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God's word, what does it do? Changes my circumstances. The God said over my life changes my circumstances. Nothing can, for example, nothing I can do, nothing, can cause God to stop loving me. Nothing. That doesn't mean that I'm going to spend eternity with Him, but He'll never stop loving me. Nothing I can do, nothing, absolutely nothing. But God's word of love can change my life can change a wicked person, can change an unsaved person, can change a lost person. So here's what it says. To think about this, now, right before I read this, th- just think about where we started, in the beginning. C- can you even fathom what that is like to, to, to try in your, in mind, in our in uh, finite mind, what it would be like to be there when there was nothing? Our minds can't go there. Before there was anything, He was. Where did God come from? Before there was anything, He was. I just can't grasp that. Well, it's a fact. Before there, it's funny how we can believe that things came from an explosion, but we can't believe they came from God. What takes more faith? If you really think about it, it takes more faith to believe in an explosion that came from nothing. How ludicrous is that? That something could come from nothing. See, we don't believe something came from nothing. We believe something came from God. Where'd God come from? Him. He always was, He always is, He always will be. I am. And so we have to grasp that, but all the way back, way back when there was nothing. When we read this scripture and the Bible says that the spirit hovered over the waters. Nothing was void. Same God. Tell you what, this is all I need this morning. I don't need anything else than to know this. The same God who said, let there be light. And lights came on in the expansion of the universe. The same God who created the universes out there. So we only know one, and it's big all the universes out there that God created just because it could. Why is there so many universes? Because God said, I, I just want to make a bunch of them so that you can look out there and think you've reached me, and I'm way beyond that. I'm God. The same God who spoke light into existence says in Jeremiah through the major prophet, I know the thoughts I think towards you. That right there is enough. I can go home on that. I can get through any situation on that right there. I don't need anything else but to know that the same God who created the universe says he's thinking about me. What? What? Can you even grasp that? He's thinking about you, not just knows you. You know, it's like you know somebody's one thing. But when you know someone's thinking about you, oh, that's powerful. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. And then he, he says, thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. Now it's crazy. Not only is God think thinking about me and not only does God have a plan for me, he's actually going to listen to me. Like, can you imagine trying to get the ear of a president this morning or a, or a CEO of a big company or some famous person that you look up to? You couldn't get a hold of them. But God, the creator of the universe, will listen to you. Listen to you. says, I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me. with all your heart. Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Let this spoken word be medicine today. Let this spoken word be encouragement today. Let this spoken word be like Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. See, as you're bowing your heads and closing your eyes and letting the Holy Spirit just finish off this work of the Word this morning, you got to realize there was a moment that the man who wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, there was a moment in his life where he, he wanted to quit. I can't do this no more because these people are so wicked. He said, I, I can't preach to these people no more because they don't listen. Can you imagine being a prophet? And nine times out of ten, what you have to tell people is bad news. God says you're going to be destroyed. God said you've been disobedient. God said, and can you imagine always having to bear the bad news all the time? Well, Jeremiah says, man, I'm done. He didn't say I'm done with you, God. He said, I'm done with the gospel. I'm done preaching. I'm not doing it no more. And he said, all of a sudden, it was like fire. Shut up in my bones. And he says, I cannot do anything but Preach. So whenever you feel discouraged, whenever you feel like God's not listening, whenever you feel down, just go read Jeremiah 29. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Father, thank you for your word. Father, reveal to us as you have to me the power and the revelation to know this morning, God, that we are special. To know this morning that we are called by your name. To know this morning, God, that you spoke and said, let there be light, and lights came on. You said, let there be earth, and earth was in existence. You said, let there be trees and fruit, and there was fruit and trees. You said, let there be animals, and there was animals. You said, let there be a space between day and night, and there was a space between day and night. And then, Lord, you took man, you took the dust of the earth and breathed breathed. As you're listening this morning, I want you to understand, you know what makes us special? See, the world tries to make us equal in some way to animals and, and we'll, we're like animals and animals are like us. No, the, the one person that God did not speak over was us. He breathed his life into us. He took the dust of the earth and breathed. And sever, ever since that day, the Holy Spirit has been in existence. Ever since that day, we are able to have the Holy Spirit breathe through us, breathe new life. This morning, no matter what you're going through or what you're facing, you can come to this altar and you can say, God, breathe on me again. God, speak into my life again. Or you can say, God, today, tonight, tomorrow, I'm going to get into your word and I'm going to listen to your voice. Speak to me through your word. What a powerful revelation to know the God said over our lives. How many this morning from front to back and side to side could say, Pastor, I've never accepted the God said over my life. I'm not saved this morning. I'm not born again this morning. I've never given my life to Jesus this morning, but I want to do that right now. Would you just quickly put your hand up and put it back down and say, Would you pray for me? I want to be saved this morning. I want to know that I'm saved. I want to know that I'm right with God. God sees your heart this morning. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything about you. There's nothing we can hide from him. His word is spoken over us. Maybe you're here this morning and, and, and you've doubted, God, what are you going to do with my life? Is there a plan for me? Is there a purpose? I tell you there is. There's a God said. There's a God said over your life this morning. And it doesn't matter how young or how old you are, he still wants to use you. And he's speaking to you this morning. And and if you haven't been hearing his voice, besides the preaching, besides praying, you got to get in the word. You got to read his word. And you got to understand that every word that he says is life and it's truth. And as it said in Deuteronomy, it shall come to pass can't can't believe one thing and not believe the other you have to believe it all word for word as we stand this morning we're going to open up the altars and i want you to i want you to find a place this morning and i want you to ask god lord what do you want to speak to me this morning or if he's already spoken to you say lord i'm going to walk out that word or if you were here this morning and you were discouraged and you didn't you didn't know if god was real now faith through this word, has lifted your faith. And you know he's real. And now you say, Lord, breathe into my spirit this morning. As we sing this song, let's just take a few moments to worship and praise God. Let's just take a few moments to seek his face. Oh, we give you glory this morning, Father. Speak to us, God. Speak to us this morning, God. Is living and
1: sharpening. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Yes, God.
0: Morning, speak to me, God. Speak to my heart. Speak to my spirit this morning. Reveal your will to me. I'll listen, I'll obey. And it shall come to pass if you shall diligently obey all that I command. I will bless you. I will bless you. If you want the blessings of God, obey God this morning. Give Him your heart this morning. Give him your desires this morning. Give him your thoughts this morning. Word of God, speak. Lord, like the rain that comes down from heaven, your word will come to pass. Your thoughts
1: are greater than my thoughts. To be still and know. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship your name. Worship your name. Your home, Hallelujah. Yes, word word God speak. Let it pour down.
0: Voice, just take some time this morning to say, God, speak to my spirit. Sometimes He doesn't speak right away because He wants us to wait, He wants us to seek Him, He wants us to stay in His presence, He wants us to listen to His voice. Yes, God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just lift your voice this morning and worship Him, worship Him in your spirit, worship Him in your heart. Give him your heart this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, word of God, speak to us this morning. Pour down your rain upon us this morning, Jesus. Lord, let us be encouraged this morning in your word. Let us know that the answer is in your word. Lord, it's not in what we think or what we want or what we desire, but it's in what your word has already spoken over us. Let the God said come alive in us this morning. Lord, let the blessings of God begin to be poured out upon us this morning. In a supernatural way, Lord, reveal yourself through your written word. The great I am you are, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you,
1: Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: this morning to believe the God said over our lives. Lord, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of confusion in the world. There's a lot of things being spoken and a lot of things being said, but one voice that's never changed is your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Lord, your word is life and breath. Your word is understanding. Your word is knowledge. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Lord, we fear you in reverence this morning because your word is so real in our lives and we want it to resonate. We want it to speak, Lord, to the areas of our life that might not be lined up with your word. Father, search our hearts as we search your scriptures and Lord, speak to us your written word. Let us know tonight that the voice, this morning, that the voice is not gone or the voice is not silent. Your word is written. It's written in our hearts. Your word says in Deuteronomy to take that word and to write it upon the tablets of our hearts so that we will not sin against it, to meditate on it so we will not sin against it. Father, let your word become alive to us this morning. Just as that song said, let the word speak to us in every area of our lives. Lord, we speak life this morning over this day. We speak life this morning over this world. Lord, as there's chaos and rumors of wars, And craziness going on in the world your word will become more bright and become more real Lord as we speak it in boldness Father anoint the rest of this day Lord take us out of this place this morning full of the word full of the Holy Spirit full of hope to know that you are thinking about us to know that you have a plan for us and a purpose a good ending a future and a hope good thoughts not of evil and Lord we declare Salvation for this city we declare salvation for this world we declare that this world would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ this morning and Father we speak salvation over this world right now and declare we're going to see your hand move mightily today and this week as we move into the month of May Lord let your hand be upon us as a church let your hand be upon us as a body this morning And we thank you for your word. Speak to us. And let the God said over our lives become alive and real. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord praise one more time this morning. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory and we give you honor this morning, Jesus. Thank you for being the great I am. Thank you for being the word become flesh. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to fulfill every word that's spoken in your word. And we ask these things and give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Love on somebody this morning as you go. Amen. God bless you. We'll be back here at six tonight for prayer and outreach.